0: Welcome to Resolution, an initiative of Josh McDowell Ministry. Here we equip you to help youth overcome hurts and struggles and start thriving in life with Christ and others. I'm your host, Ben Bennett. Welcome to Season One. Welcome back to the Resolution Podcast. I'm Ben Bennett, and today's episode is going to be awesome. We're going to be exploring what the Bible says about how our hurts and struggles are impacted by our brains. And key findings from neuroscience will be explored as well. And my hope is that this would encourage you and bring so much understanding as to why it can be so difficult to overcome struggles. So let's just dive right into it. It was back in 2011. When I first began reading about the neurochemistry of compulsive issues, and I can still remember it clear as day. I had been struggling with pornography for years, and I was baffled at why I continued to go back to the struggle despite all of the promises and desires to not do it again, to, to stop. And I remember learning about the brain and how repeated decisions were actually impacting my brain and contributing to the struggles that I was experiencing. And I remember realizing that I didn't just have a behavior problem or a sin problem. I had a brain problem. And in that moment, shame was reduced in my life and it set me on this journey of exploring the brain and what the Bible says about it. And some of those things that I discovered are what we will be exploring today. So maybe you or a young person in your life has felt so stuck in a struggle, anxiety, depression, negative thoughts, negative self-image, unwanted sexual behavior, anger, or, or other issues. At, at times, it can feel so hard to get out of these things, almost like it's impossible. and it can feel like a lost cause. And I was in that place for years. And sometimes we can want so badly to stop something, but find ourselves just going back to it again and again and again. And we won't truly understand why or how to find freedom and a better future unless we further understand this one thing, our brain and what God has to say about it. So let's talk about brain. A couple things to mention as we get going here. The brain is more complex and powerful than any machine ever created. It's the consistency of butter at room temperature, hashtag keto. The average brain is around three pounds in weight. About 75% of the brain consists of water and the brain contains 100 billion neurons or nerve cells. And God has a lot to say about our brains. Over 570 times the Bible mentions the words mind, think, and believe, and variations of those. And that's just one translation, the ESV version. And throughout those times, many verses have a huge emphasis on what we are to do and put our mental energy towards. For example, we're told to set our minds on things above in Colossians 3.2. We're told to think about things that are true, noble, right, and pure in Philippians 4.8. And we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans 12.2. And we see the significance of the spiritual battle of the mind that we are up against in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, we are in a spiritual battle in our thoughts and in our minds. Most of our daily battles begin and end in our minds. So, so why is so much attention given to our thoughts and our minds in Scripture and what we do with them? Well, as we've explored in previous episodes, our unmet longings, our hurts, the painful realities we were never intended to experience can lead to these core lies that we live from. And we end up reacting to those through unwanted behaviors. We seek the fulfillment of our longings in unhealthy things. The way we view God, ourselves, and others can't help but be informed by our unmet longings and our hurt that we've experienced in life. And those lies, those false beliefs that we can get stuck in, negative thoughts about ourselves, distrust of other people, thinking that God is distant or angry, all of those things come about through experiences which actually change our brains. An interesting thing to note is those lies develop in an area of our brain called our limbic system. That's the emotional center of our brains. And Michael Dye, a leading expert in the field of addiction studies and counseling, says this, The limbic system is part of what the Bible calls your heart, the center of beliefs and emotions. Thoughts and beliefs create emotions which drive behaviors. So our limbic system is our emotional brain. It's where our core beliefs reside. And it's also the fight or flight part of our brain. It's the center of our reactions. It's activated when something happens and we react to it in life. So if you've ever been driving and somebody cuts you off and you slam on the brakes, that is a reaction that is activating an area of your brain called the limbic system. Back in the day, I remember growing up and people would get real close to my face with two hands and say, are you afraid of a butterfly? And then they'd smack their hands in front of my eyes and I'd always blink. And it was so annoying at the time. You may remember experiencing that, but I hated that as a kid. but, But that reaction, that response is driven by the emotional brain, the limbic system. But what also happens in our brain in the limbic system is not just a physical response to situations, but a reaction to our unmet longings and those faulty core beliefs and lies. Here's an example, say you're texting a friend and they say something unkind to you and you feel rejected. In that moment, your limbic system will be activated and you might find yourself getting frustrated Or irritated or sad. That reaction is activating all of your past experiences and unmet longings and hurt associated with feeling rejection. And that's why you can at times have a strong reaction to things that may seem to be not that significant. But we're not just doomed to live at the expense of our limbic system, our emotional brain. No, God gave us a rational mind. See, at the top of our brain is our prefrontal cortex. It's the center of higher reasoning, of judgment, of critical thinking. This is where planning, social awareness, impulse control in our life takes place, decision-making, One thing that's interesting to note is there's more neurological pathways running from the limbic system to the prefrontal cortex than the other way around. So to put that in simple terms, your prefrontal cortex is like the equivalent of the brakes on a go-kart, and your limbic system is like this giant engine of a, a truck that is so powerful, so your, your limbic system, your core beliefs, that reactionary center of the brain will so often overpower your prefrontal cortex, your, your rational decision-making mind. And research also shows that the prefrontal cortex doesn't fully develop until the mid to late 20s. So it's easy to understand why, why young people may be prone to taking risks, being reactive, or, or being quick to get anxious and overwhelmed and angry in life. So if you've tried to, to solve problems, struggles, unwanted behaviors in your life simply by praying or, or memorizing scripture or, or just going totally intellectual and trying to reason yourself out of a, a struggle, it often won't work, at least in the long term. Because by doing that, you're trying to combat an emotional issue with intellectual weaponry. And that ultimately doesn't work. Yes, we need the Bible and scripture and truth, but there's a different way that we can apply that. We can apply it in our life in not just an intellectual way, but in an emotional way, in an experiential way with God and with others. So what we need is new core beliefs that don't just come from an intellectual way, but that come from new experiences of truth with God and with other people. So we can get addicted to to unwanted behaviors or even strong emotions as they literally rewire our brains and change our brains. How? Well, our brains have something called a reward pathway. When you do something that's enjoyable, having a life-giving conversation, enjoying your favorite beverage, getting a good grade on a test, your brain rewards you with dopamine, bringing about happiness and pleasure. This is good when we're enjoying life-giving things and, and living into the way God created us to access dopamine and be rewarded. Uh, neuroscientist, Dr. Donald Hilton, says this. Dopamine is essential for humans to desire and value appropriate pleasure in life. Without it, we would not be as incentivized to eat, procreate, or even to try to win a game. And Dr. Hilton goes on to say, though, that it's the overuse of dopamine, of the reward pathway that causes addiction that causes these compulsive issues and struggles in our life. What does he mean? Well, when we do things that we weren't created to do, it essentially hacks and misuses our brain. For example, using cocaine, illicit drugs, or even porn use causes this super flow of dopamine in our brains. The action of viewing porn alone creates this high and this euphoric feeling. Then the dopamine leaves behind a protein called delta phos B, which makes it easier to return to that same behavior that was pleasing again and again. It basically marks your brain saying, hey, that felt super good. Let's remember to go back to that the next time stress or an unmet longing hits. And it creates new pathways in the brain directing you back again to that unwanted behavior. But our brains weren't created to deal with this amount of dopamine. So what happens is our brains get rid of the receptors that regulate the dopamine levels, meaning we need more and more of the same substance, of the same action, of the same unwanted behavior to get the same amount of dopamine that we initially got. In simple terms, this means that our tolerance goes up. We need more to get the same buzz that we got before. You need riskier behaviors, more intense forms of pornography, greater amounts of the substance, more alcohol, more drugs, more unwanted behaviors that will give you dopamine, and you need this just to feel normal and to get through life. If you don't get it, you'll actually go through withdrawals and have a strong urge to return to that unwanted behavior. And repeating these behaviors creates a strong attachment to the behavior, increasing our desire to return again and again, creating more and more neurological pathways in our brain. But even Other things besides pornography, drugs, alcohol, other things, repetitive emotions, responses will rewire our brain. So as we continue to get depressed, feel intense shame, get anxious or angry, our brain is reacting and developing new neurological pathways, making it easier and easier each time to do that again. So as we make decisions, our neurons or our nerve cells in our brain are firing together. They're transmitting these chemical signals. Neuroscientist Carla Schatz says over time, the neurons that fire together wire together. Translation, we create fixed pathways of thinking and responding to life. So in a positive sense, this is what we tend to call muscle memory. When we're learning how to play an instrument to ride a bike or learning how to walk, those movements become almost second nature to us and easier and easier to repeat. Well, the same thing happens in our brains as we react to unmet longings, to lies, as we go down those familiar paths of anxiety, of depression, of going bad on ourself and believing that we're not good enough or that we don't look good enough, of of getting angry, of going back and again to pornography. As we repeat those behaviors or those thoughts, we actually create more and more fixed ways of thinking and acting as neurological pathways are reinforced in our brain. And this makes it easier to return again and again to the same behavior, the same thought, the same action. So at some point, we no longer just have a simple choice to say no to an unwanted behavior, but we actually have a hardwired brain problem that needs to be dealt with as well. And I think this is why Paul in Romans 7 spoke so strongly of returning to sin over and over again, despite constantly wanting to do what was right. In Romans 7 verse 15, Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Then he finishes his thought in verse 19 when he says, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. A couple years ago, one of my friends I'll call Chris started reacting with anxiety in his life. And he hadn't really dealt with anxiety much before besides Being fearful here and then again. But he was dating a girl and started questioning the relationship. He was struggling to connect with her. And he'd been dating her for numerous months. But he had been through breakups before and was afraid of going through heartbreak and challenges again. And he thought that maybe he just needed to stick it out. Maybe he just needed to try asking more questions or trying to connect in certain ways by having specific conversations or doing more things together that she enjoyed. But what he found himself caught in was more and more anxious thoughts and worries and fears, and his mind started spinning. And day after day, as he continued to go down those same pathways of, of giving in to the fear of, of reacting, those emotions grew stronger and stronger, and they started to have a physical impact on his life. He, he had struggles thinking clearly. He had struggles sleeping, and his automatic reaction started to begin to be anxious whenever he was around her or, or thought about her, and it was negatively impacting so much in his life. And this is what can easily happen in our brains because our brains want to reserve energy. They will take the easier path. Our brains are about helping keep us alive. And fear, anxiety is one way that our brains can start to react over and over again to keep us alive, to spare us from heartbreak or tragedy or loss, to essentially protect us. And we are wired to experience the fulfillment of our seven longings. We're wired to experience safety. So if we're not experiencing safety, our brains will keep reacting and will continue to get anxious in an attempt to find and look for some kind of solution and fulfillment to that longing. And over and over again, as we continue down these pathways, we eventually get stuck. But that's not the end of the story. There there is great news because just like God designed our physical bodies to heal when we get a, a scrape, he designed our souls and our minds to heal as well. In one way, he brings this healing is through how he has designed our brains to change. Again, Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In recent decades, neuroscientists discovered something they call neuroplasticity. Neuro, meaning brain, plasticity, meaning plastic. Translation, your brain is kind of like plastic. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change and rewire. Our brains aren't fixed. Our reactions, our unwanted behaviors, our struggles aren't fixed. Psychiatrist Norman Doidge says, the neurons that fire apart, wire apart. So just like repeated decisions lead to fixed neurological pathways as we implement new decisions and experience the fulfillment of our longings, we create new pathways, new fixed responses of thriving, of health, and of wholeness in our lives. This is amazing news. Science now agrees that Paul was right when he wrote those words in Romans Over 2,000 years ago, proving that our brain is changeable. Our brain can rewire as we take these steps to find the fulfillment of our longings in healthy ways, and as we invite God in to bring about wholeness in our lives. I love what Dr. Caroline Leaf says in her book, Switch On Your Brain. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Just as unmet longings and hurt lead to those negative core beliefs in our emotional brain, our limbic system that we react to through unwanted behaviors, new experiences of met longings will lead us to these new core beliefs as we experience the truth of who god is of who he says we are and of who safe people are and have these new experiences over time we start to believe them at a deep level and that becomes the new way that we operate and think and live our lives and i've seen this happen again and again in my own life Because after years of being bullied and feeling like I didn't fit in almost anywhere, I had these deeply held core beliefs that that I'm not good enough, that I'm worthless, that I'm going to fail. And I didn't love myself yet alone like myself. But over and over again, as I explored the scriptures and saw what God said about me, that I'm his loved son who he's forgiven, that he cherishes, And as I had experiences of getting around people who affirmed this in me, who loved me, who invited me to spend time with them, who treated me well rather than rejecting me. And as I went to God again and again, sat before him and experienced his love for me, slowly but surely, new core beliefs began to be experienced and developed in my life. So the beautiful news is As we've talked about in episodes four and five, our seven longings, as we live into those, as we experience those being met by God, by ourselves, and by other people, those experiences activate our limbic system, and we start to believe deep down what is actually true, and new core beliefs are developed. And all of these things are physically causing our brains to be renewed our minds to be renewed neuroplasticity is happening in our lives and another thing that's fascinating earlier we talked about the reward pathway and how many unwanted behaviors will release dopamine in our brain well in those times so often when we have an unmet longing we have two choices we can either connect or cope And we know when we cope, it will activate the reward pathway and release dopamine in our brains and develop new neurological pathways, causing us to be stuck. But another thing that is true is that connection with other people, having a life-giving conversation, laughing with someone else is going to also release dopamine and oxytocin, which is a bonding agent in our brains. So the more we connect rather than cope, the more we are developing fixed, healthy neurological pathways and also getting dopamine released, yet in a much more sustainable way, in a way that's not going to lead to tolerance and addiction or compulsive issues in our life, but it's going to lead to lasting satisfaction and enjoyment. So today, let me encourage you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'd encourage you to take these steps and also to encourage the young people in your life to take them as well. One is to identify a common event that activates a lie in your life. Identify a common event or situation that activates a lie in your life. Maybe it could be the, the tests you have to study for, the, the homework, uh, the 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 work you have to do, the meals you have to cook, um, who you have to drive to soccer practice. I don't know what, what it is. But those challenges, those things may be overwhelming. And it can activate a lie believing that you're going to fail or that you're not good enough. Another example could be what happens when somebody doesn't agree with your opinion, or you feel uh, overlooked by someone. Maybe in that, that moment, there's a reaction that triggers a lie from past experiences of being rejected in life. Number two, identify how you typically react to those situations. Is it anxiety? Becoming worried and fearful and letting thoughts uh, of catastrophe run wild in your mind is it some kind of physical symptom or or sleeplessness you're experiencing or maybe it's depression feeling so inadequate that you turn on yourself and believe lies that that you're never going to be good enough and you just feel such grief and sadness in your life maybe it's anger and pushing other people away reacting trying to be so defensive to, to protect yourself. It could be any number of unwanted behaviors. but but what's the pattern and the pathway that you normally go down in those situations? And number three, challenge the lie and that faulty core belief in that moment. For example, for me, I know so often I can look, at an upcoming challenge, a speaking event, all the things I have to do next week. And instantly, I can start to feel sad or, or a little bit depressed or a little bit fearful. Why? Because the core belief that's being triggered is that I'm not good enough and that I'm going to fail and be rejected by others. And that will be the reaction in that moment. But but instead, what I do is I identify that lie, and I tell myself the truth, that I'm not a failure, but that I am God's loved son. I've been made adequate. First um, John 31, see what kind of love the Father has given to me, that I should be called a child of God, and so I am. And yes, intellectually, like I talked about earlier, uh, we, we do need the, the truth, but I need to also experience it. So I'm not just feeding my prefrontal cortex and and saying all of these intellectual truths. No, I'm closing my eyes and I'm visualizing being with God and him speaking love over me and I'm experiencing it in my body and I'm doing deep breathing to slow down my limbic system and I'm having this experience where, where, where the truth is not just intellectual, but it becomes emotional as well. And I'm in that moment experiencing the fulfillment of a longing, acceptance. And, and I continue to, to do that and to go down that pathway, developing more and more fixed neurological pathways in my brain. And over time, it has become easier and easier to do and to, to go to that and respond that way as new beliefs have been developed in my life. And another thing that is so important at times is to reach out and to connect with someone and hear them speak the truth and affirmation in my life. Because in that moment, I'm experiencing the truth. Sometimes I can't believe it myself or it's just too hard and overwhelming to believe the truth. But hearing it from someone else is easier to believe at times. So begin challenging the lie in the faulty core belief and experience the truth, not just intellectually, but also emotionally. See, there truly is great news that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds that our struggles of today do not have to be our struggles of tomorrow our brains can rewire that the lies can be replaced with truth we can experience freedom we can start to thrive we can live this life of wholeness that we were created to experience Thanks for listening to the Resolution Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to us if you rate it, share it, and subscribe. To be part of the global resolution movement, connect with us on social media and YouTube, at Resolution Movement. That's at Resolution Movement. And check out resolutionmovement.org for more information and resources. See you soon.